In London in 1824, it was the custom to treat a debtor little differently from a man who had reached into a purse and stolen a similar sum. In this case, he was a father of seven, and though he was gainfully employed, it was not gainful enough. His debt was to a baker, a man named Carr, who lived in Camden Street, and the sum was forty pounds, no small amount in those days. When an oyster was a penny, a whole salmon a pound and six, and a clerk who worked for a tight fisted miser in a counting house might not earn as much in a year. Accounts were tallied, the sheriff was consulted, and men were sent in consequence. Our father, John, his name, and thirty seven, was taken by the sheriff's men to what was called a sponging house. A kind of purgatory where those who could not meet their obligations were afforded some few days to seek relief from their creditors' charges, intervention from a person of influence, or possibly a loan from family or friends. In this instance, help was not forthcoming. Two days passed with no good word, and then our John, officially an insolvent debtor, was passed along to the Marshalsea. Imprisoned alongside smugglers, mutineers, and pirates. The sun has set on me forever, he told his family as he left. One who tried to help was a son of John, who then twelve took a job at six shillings a week in a tumble down factory house that sat on the banks of the River Thames. One day long afterwards, the boy would speak of the place its wainscoted rooms and its rotten floors and staircase. And the old grey rats swarming down on the cellars, and the sound of their squeaking and scuffling coming up the stairs at all times, and the dirt and decay of the place rise up visibly before me, as if I were there again. His job was to fill small pots with shoe blacking and tie them off with paper, and then to paste on each a printed label. The boy worked ten hours a day, standing near a window for better light. And where any passers by might see him, with a break for a meal at noon and one for tea later on. And though the place was grim and the work was numbing, and this had put his childhood to an end, he worked on. For his father was in prison, for a debt of forty pounds, for his family's bread. My whole nature was so penetrated with the grief and humiliation of such considerations. The boy would one day write, but even now, I often forget in my dreams that I have a dear wife and children, even that I am a man, and I wander desolately back to that time of my life. While these words testify to the force of a childhood blow, they also offer reassurance that there would one day come a lightening of his circumstances. That the boy would not spend forever in his dismal occupation, nor would his father stay forever in the Marshalsea, though there were three long months there, and our young man visiting his father in a tiny room behind high spiked walls, and where the boy recalls they cried very much, and where his father told him to take warning by the Marshalsea, and to observe that if a man had twenty pounds a year. And spent nineteen pounds, nineteen shillings, and sixpence, he would be happy. But that a shilling spent the other way would make him wretched. These words of caution, and lament, and more, 
and then at 10 p.m. the warning bell would toll, and our young man of twelve would walk out into the foggy London night, five miles toward home, and some hours of oblivion before the scurrying and the squealing and the little pots of blacking came again.